bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacy. Living Word with Pastor Mansa Otobu. And now, today's word. I'm going to uh, speak to us. Uh, we're centering our message on Christ. Uh, we've spoken about Christ, our the bread of life, Christ, the light of the world. And today we talk about Christ, our life giver. Christ, our life giver. And my main text is going to be from John chapter 10, verse number 10. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus made this statement when he was comparing his mission with that of other false messiahs because there were many others uh, who had come before Jesus who claimed to be messiah even in his time there were people who still claimed to be messiah and Jesus called them false shepherd false shepherds and he uh, likens their work to the work of a thief and Jesus says that their work as thieves is to kill, to t- steal, and to destroy. But he, Christ, as the good shepherd, has come that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Now, many times uh, this verse is used to uh, people uh, characterize the thief directly as Satan. But in the context of this passage... Jesus was not directly speaking about Satan. Indirectly, yes, but not directly. Directly, the thieves he's talking about here are false shepherds or false messiahs. But there is a logic to it. And the logic is that the false shepherd is like a thief. And the false shepherd is a messenger of Satan. And Satan's work, therefore, is like a thief. So basically that's the logic But directly Jesus is talking about People who bring false messages to us And then Jesus talks about his mission And he says I have come I have come That you may have life And have it more abundantly I'm going to ask four questions And answer those four four questions Based on the passage that we just read So the first question where I ask and which I would attempt to answer is, what is abundant life? What is abundant life? Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and have life in abundance. There is something called life more abundant or abundant life. In other places in scripture, it is also called everlasting life. And sometimes it is also called eternal life. Eternal life, abundant life, everlasting life are all talking about the same kind of life. It is not a quantitative life. It is a qualitative life. So when Jesus talks about 
eternal life is not just talking about living for a very long time. That's not what eternal life is. But it is having a good quality life. So there are four things that characterize abundant life or eternal life. First, abundant life is life that is in Christ. It is life that is in Christ. It starts with salvation in Christ. And when we talk about abundant life as life that is in Christ, it is like a well of water that you can draw water out of. Having a well that you can draw water out of. Life that is in Christ is abundant life. Secondly, abundant life is life that is full. Life that is full. And when we say a life is full, it means it is purposeful. It is not empty. It is possible to have life and have an empty life. And there are people who are living an empty life. There's nothing in their life. Nothing gives them satisfaction. Their life does not fulfill any great purpose. It is not full. But abundant life is life that is in Christ and life that is, in, that is full. When we liken it to water, it is like a spring of water that bubbles to the top. Salvation is like a well of water. The full life is like a spring of water that bubbles to the top. Thirdly, abundant life is life that is overflowing. Life that is overflowing. It is in Christ, it is full, it is overflowing. It abounds in God's grace. It is a life that cannot be capped. It cannot be stopped. It flows and it touches people's life. And when we look at it in the sense of water, it is like a river overflowing its banks. So it is like a well, it is like a spring, it is like a river that is overflowing its bank. When Jesus says, I've come that you may have life, and have it more abundantly it means your life will overflow your life will touch people if your life never touches people and people are not blessed by the life in you then there is no overflow but God gives us not just a full life but an overflow life so that somebody else can say that because of you my life is enriched because of you I am blessed that is the life Jesus came to give to us and Finally, abundant life is life that never ends. Is life that never ends. It is connected to Christ and so it never comes to an end. And in that sense, it is like an ocean. An ocean has no beginning and no end. It just keeps flowing. So abundant life uh, is life that is in Christ. It's like a well. It's life that is full. It is like a spring, it is life that is overflowing, it is like a river, and it is life that never ends, it is like an ocean. Jesus says, the thief when he comes will take away from you, but when I come to you, this is what I add to you. I give you life in me, life that is full, that life that is overflowing, and life that never ends. May God cause our lives to overflow and touch people's lives and be a blessing unto many people. I have come that you may have life. 
So that is the life that Jesus wants us to have. Second question. Where is this life found? Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and have more abundant. Where is it? Where is the abundant life? Where do we go looking for it? Should we go uh, to outer space for it? Should we go to a high mountain for it? Should we travel to some place for it? Where is this life found? John chapter 5 verse 26. For as the father has life in himself, so he has granted the son to have life in himself. Where is this abundant life found? Well, the passage tells us it is found in the father. Because the father has life in himself. God the father. God the father does not owe his life to anyone neither did he receive his life from another he is life itself he is the origin of life as the father has life in himself so if we're going to find an abundant life it is with the father but that is a problem because if it is a father it's with the father God and he's in heaven how does it get to us because it is life that must get to us but the passage says it's with the father so it must get to us there's a second place that that abundant life is found it is in Christ so he says as the father has life in himself so has he granted the son to have life in himself also Christ is given life in himself the father has life and the son has life. Now when you read this statement, it can be a little troubling. Because if Jesus is God, why does the father have to grant him life? Because he must have life. Well, the reason is very simple. When Jesus was coming to earth... He shed all his glory as God down and he became man. But when he became man, he had to be given the life of the father. And it wasn't given to him for him to have. It was given to him for him to give. Because he's the one who is going to give us the life of God. And God put that life in the man Jesus. The man Jesus carried the life of God so that the man Jesus can give the life of God to all men. God became all men so that all men can become like God. And in Christ is the meeting place between God and man. The life that was granted to the son was not for the son to keep. It was life for him to share with us. The father has life in himself. The son has life in himself. John chapter 1 verse 3 and four says all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of man in him was life and the life was the light of man so when human beings want to receive light and development and a better life they find it 
in Christ. Christ has the eternal life. He has the abundant life. So now we know what abundant life is. We know where it is. But the fact that you know where something is doesn't mean you will get it. Uh, We can all know where the money is, but uh, it doesn't mean you will get it. We all know that, uh, that's probably not true, that when you go to the vault of the Bank of Ghana, there is a lot of money there. That's where printed money from, for Ghana is kept. But the fact that you know where it is doesn't mean you have it. So we know what abundant life is. We know who has it. But it doesn't mean we have it. We just know where to find it. And how are we going to find it? So my next question tries to address that. How do we get eternal life or abundant life? We know what it is. We know where it is. How do we get it? First John. Not John's gospel, but first John chapter 5 verse 11 and 12. First John chapter 5 verse 11 and 12. And this is what it says. This is the testimony That God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life. So we know what abundant life is. It is life in Christ. It is a full life. It is an overflowing life. It is a life that never ends. We know where it is. It is with the Father and it is with the Son. Now, how do we get it? So, 1 John chapter 5 is telling us how we get it. So, there are three important statements in 1 John chapter 5 that I want you to take note. First, it says that God has given us eternal life. God has given us In other words, God has made eternal life available to us. He has not hidden it from us. He has not denied us eternal life. He has offered it to us. So, if God has given us this life, this abundant life, this eternal life, this overflowing life, this Good life. Where is it? If he has given it to us. Well the second statement says. And this life is in his son. So eternal life. Or abundant life. Is in Christ. It is in Christ. It is not in a man. Or woman of God. It is not in our good works. It is not in our church. It is not in Jerusalem. It is not in prayer. It is not in fasting. It is not in tithes and offerings. So when you want eternal life or abundant life, you don't get it because you are tithing and you are giving your offering as good as it is. That's not where to find eternal life. It is not in your church. It's good to come to church. I'm happy to see all of you in church and all of you joining us online. But it is not in going to church. 
It is not in a man of God. I'm preaching you to you the gospel, but eternal life is not in me. You know, one of the uh, difficulties that sometimes I'm beginning to see a lot of people have is somehow they have shifted faith in God to faith in men. And it's a very dangerous trend in Christianity where Christ is removed and man is believed. But eternal life is not in your good works. We're going to do some good works. We're going to give to the children's cancer unit. But you don't find eternal life because you gave to poor orphans. You don't find eternal life because you paid your tithes. You don't find eternal life because you went to church. You don't find eternal life because you were a good person. You don't find eternal life because you pray a lot. You don't find eternal life because you fasted a lot. You don't find eternal life because you traveled to Jerusalem or read the Bible a lot. The scripture is clear. God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. That's where it is. So, third statement that the passage gives us. In consequence of the fact that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son, the third statement, logic, he who has the son has life. When we have Christ, we have eternal life. To have eternal life, We must have Christ. Why? Because eternal life is in Christ. That is the logic of where we get eternal life from. The life of Christ. The abundant life is in Christ. Now let me use a very crude analogy. But it may help us. To get it. Oranges and other citrus fruits have vitamin C. At least that's what we are told. That oranges and other citrus fruits like uh, tangerines and lemons and unfortunately lime <laughs> and grapefruit and such citrus fruits have vitamin C. I don't know how vitamin C looks like. How how many of you have seen vitamin C? Have you seen vitamin C? Have you ever looked at something that said, hey, I'm vitamin C? No. We haven't seen vitamin C. But we believe vitamin C is an orange juice. Though we haven't seen vitamin C. So if I want vitamin C, I don't admire an orange. Although it has vitamin C, it will not give me vitamin C because I looked at the orange and said, Oh, how beautiful the orange is. I love oranges. I will get no vitamin C. I don't get vitamin C by putting an orange in my fridge. I don't get vitamin C by cutting an orange into four quarters. As my mother used to do. I don't get vitamin C by smelling the orange. I get vitamin C 
by taking in the orange. So you can say, God has given us vitamin C. And this vitamin C is in an orange. He that takes in an orange has vitamin C, although he has never seen vitamin C before. Does that make sense to you? So God has given us eternal life. Have I seen eternal life before? No. Do I know how eternal life looks like? No. Can I identify eternal life and say, ah, that's eternal life? No. But God has pumped his son with eternal life. And when I want eternal life, I don't ask eternal life to come to me. I only go and partake of the thing that contains eternal life and his name is Jesus. He that has the son has life. Now there are people looking for eternal life and they are looking for it by uh, sometimes people even say oh I like Jesus. He's a good man. He's the greatest philosopher of all the world of all time. Oh, gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Oh, I love Christmas. But that is just admiring the orange. If you want what he has, then you have to receive him into your life. And to receive him into your life is to believe that he is who he is. I take an orange by putting it into my mouth and Squeezing the juice out of it. I take Jesus by putting him into my heart. By believing that he is who he says he is. And declare it with my mouth. So the Bible says with the heart man believes. With the mouth confession is made. If you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is the son of God. That God raised him from the dead. And you say it with your mouth. You have believed Christ has come to you. An eternal life has come with him. He that has the son has life. That is the simple message of Christianity. It is not about good works, although good works are good. It is not about trying hard, although trying is good. It is not about giving money to church, although giving money to church is good. It begins by receiving Jesus Christ into our heart as Lord and Savior. And when he comes, he comes with what he carries. It is called abundant life. It is called eternal life. It is called everlasting life. It is called the good life. Alright. Last question. How do we manifest this life? If this life is in us. How do we get it to show? How do we get people to see that we have it? If I've taken all the orange and all the vitamin C, what will be the proof? Second Corinthians chapter 4. This is how we have not have eternal life but manifest it. Because it's possible to have something and not manifest it. It's possible to receive something, but it doesn't show in your life. 
Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 8 to 10. We are hard pressed on every side. How many of you feel hard pressed on every side? Especially 2020. <laughs> we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Everybody say, yet not crushed. All right. Then it says, we are perplexed. How many of you have felt perplexed before? Oh, it happens to all. Yeah, you won't raise up your hand as if you're holy people. Those of you out there on TV, you're watching me. Have you ever been perplexed? But not in despair. Everybody say, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaking. Struck down, but not destroyed. Now, look at what the passage is saying. It's talking about difficulties. Hard problems. Perplexity. Being pressed down. Being persecuted. Being struck down. But in all of these, the person is bouncing back. Hard pressed, but not crushed. Perplexed, not in despair. Persecuted, not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Now this person who is going through this hard pressed, perplexed, persecuted, struck down, has something in the person that bounces back. So, imagine a person who is being pushed. You push him, he falls, and he gets up. Or he's in a boxing match, and he gets all the dirty blows from Mike Tyson, George Foreman, and who is another hard hitter? Deontay, and they all give him huge blows. One here, the other there, and he falls, and he gets up. Then they hit him again, he falls, and he gets up. Hit him again, he falls, and he gets up. Hit him again, he falls, and he gets up. After, after that, people are going to say, what is in that guy? Because there is something in him that helps the person to bounce back. And that is in verse 10. So, Let's read it again. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crossed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Why are we able to come back from all the hardship of life? Always carrying about in the body the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. What does that mean? That this is the apostle Paul who is speaking. And if anybody typified that, he's talking about his life. There was even a time they stoned him and he was supposed to be dead, but he came back. And he says, the reason is because I am conscious of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because I am conscious of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, the life of Christ manifests in me. What does that mean? It means that when we identify with the death of Christ, we manifest his life in our bodies. Why is that so? Because the victory of the believer is in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. In his death, 
he overcame all principalities and powers. In his death, he destroyed every demonic entity. In his death, he buried all our sins. In his death, he buried all our weaknesses. In his death, he buried all our failure so that we can manifest the life that he has given to us in our bodies. The strength of the believer, therefore, is in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in his death, we are more than conquerors. In his death, we overcome. Because he died, you will not be destroyed. Because he died, you will bounce back. Because he died, nobody can push you and destroy you. Because he died, no demon from your family, no demon from hell, no power of Satan, no curse of man, no incantation, no, no divination shall destroy you. Not because you are a nice, wonderful Christian or you have a nice, wonderful pastor or because you have attended nice wonderful church you bounce back simply because Jesus Christ who carried the life of the father died for you and in his death he released his life for you so that his life will be manifested in you so that when you are at the point of death his life will be seen through you never underestimate the power of the crucifixion of Christ the power of the death of Christ because it is in there that we have our victory so the Bible says we manifest this eternal life when we identify with the death of the Lord Jesus Christ has Christ died for your sin then sin cannot destroy you did Christ die for your for the chastisement of your peace. Then nobody can disturb your peace of mind. Nothing can disturb your peace of mind. Did he die for your sickness and infirmity? Then sickness and infirmity has no power over you. Did he destroy principalities and powers? Then principalities and powers cannot have dominion over you. We manifest the life of Christ. By acknowledging the death of Christ. So we can also say, 2020, you had presidents on every side, yet we are not crushed. 2020, we were perplexed, but not in despair. 2020, we were persecuted, but not forsaking. In 2020, we were struck down. Somebody gave us a dirty blow, but we bounced back. Because Jesus Christ died and he died for all our infirmity and all our weaknesses so that this abundant life which is in him might be manifested in our lives. May the life of Christ be manifested in you today and may his victory be manifested in you. May you walk in the power of the resurrected Christ. May abundant life flow out of you. In every circumstance of life, you have the dominion, you have the power, and you have the victory. Before I conclude, if you don't have the son, you don't have life. No Jesus, no life. Because this life is in him. And the way to receive him is very simple. And I'm going to lead you to receive him. So that eternal life will come into you. If you are here and you say, Pastor, I want Jesus to come into my heart.
If you're listening to me, you say, Pastor, I want Jesus to come into my heart. Just lift up your hand. Just lift up your, just raise your hand. Whether you're watching me online, on TV, you say, I want Jesus to come into my heart. Just lift up your hand wherever you are. Just lift up your hand. And we're going to pray one prayer together. Everybody's going to pray this prayer to receive Jesus into our heart. And everybody put your hand on your heart, everybody. In the auditorium, outside, put your hand on your heart and say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have life. And I thank you that you gave Jesus to have life so he can share his life with us. Today, I acknowledge that Jesus is the son of God. He died for me and rose again for me. And today, I proclaim him as my Lord and my Savior. I receive Jesus into my heart. Lord Jesus, come into my life with all your life, with abundant life, and manifest your power through me. I thank you for new life, for salvation, for victory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you pray that prayer, you have received Christ into your heart and with him come the life that is more abundant. May you walk in the victory of Christ every day of your life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebi, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebi. Email otebi at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.